The Beat Church, bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. All right, let's pray, and we're going to jump into the Word, which is going to tie into this bit. Uh, Father, thank you for your Word. God, we pray that faith would come today, Lord. You said faith comes by hearing, and hearing by your Word. We ask that you'd stir our hearts, Lord. Fill us up with faith. Help us to understand, Lord, what you'd have us to get out of your Word, and for the application in our life, Lord, to have real breakthrough. God, real fruit, Lord, real growth. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, What's interesting to me about that, uh, painting and just about that story is that it is okay for the saved to still need a savior. Do you know that? You might already be saved. You might already be going to heaven. You might be, oh man, I already love Jesus and he already, you know, he's already died for my sins. But do you know, what? it's still okay even now, as you are, to still need saving. It's not a one time deal. It's a walk and a journey that God takes us on, that he walks us through. And as we're moving out of 2021 and into 2022, a lot of times we get focused on making goals, right? I'm going to make all these goals, all these new things for the next year. I'm going to accomplish all of these awesome things. And we typically are thinking, and you look at it and people write them down, we're typically thinking of what we're going to do in our own ability and our own strength, our determination. And there's some things that really just need to be done by God's strength, They really just need to be done by God's wisdom, by God's ability. They're not things that we can do on our own. And just like in her dream, she had to go and just write some of these things down that she's been through and some of these things from her past and these issues and just kind of put them all in there, shut the door, and then what did she say? Lock the door and then what? Put the key back through the keyhole, right? Back through the mailbox and say, you know what? I'm leaving it. I'm just going to leave it there. What does that take? It takes a tremendous amount of trust, doesn't it? Lord, I'm leaving all this in your hands. I can't fix it. I can't change it. I can't do anything about it. Maybe that's mistakes that have been done to you. Offenses, wrongs, sins. Maybe that's stuff that you've done. But guess what? You can't fix it. You can't change it. It just is what it is. And yet God can do a great work of redemption, of peace, of like we talked about before, turning your mess into a message. Right? God can do all these things if we leave it in his hands. If we just let it go. And so that's part of what, as you go into a new year, I would challenge us as we're about to get into this message is there's things that are in the past that just need to just be left in God's hands so that God can take you where he wants to go. I was talking with this about somebody earlier in the year about, you know, you ever been to the beach? Who's been to the beach in the last couple of years? Okay. You go in the sand and in the water, right? And then you get out and you walk to your car. What happens by the time you get to your car? Covered in sand, right? How many of you love having sand in your car? Nobody, right? So what do you do? You go back to the water to do what? To rinse off, right? And then you turn back to go to the van, and what happens? You get sand again. You could do it all day, and guess what? Same thing happens. No matter how many times you go back and rinse off, when you leave, just the nature of the trip back ends up getting you sandy again, right? Well, a lot of times we are always trying to go back and fix things that are in the past, or change things that are in the past. I'm like, well, if I could just go back and revisit it, rethink about it, revisualize it, re-emotionalize it, then maybe I can get closure or fix it or make it different. And we go back, and guess what happens? 
We get back and we mess around with it and we try to go back into the future and the present that God has for us. And guess what? The pain, the disappointment, the discouragement, it's all over us again. And we're like, all right, I got to get this off. I need to go back and do it again. And we just keep going back and forth from the past to the present, the past to the present. And we, we just keep bringing it back with us. And yet God would say, you know what, just leave it. And you know what happens if you actually leave it long enough and you just go? Guess what happens to the sand? It dries out, right? And what does dry sand do? It falls off, and pretty soon it's gone. Not by going back and rinsing it off over and over again, but just by moving forward, right? Letting it be, letting it walk, letting it go. God wants to do some things in our lives, and this next year, there's a lot of things that God wants to do that have nothing to do with our own strength or ability. They just have everything to do with who he is. Okay, and that's what we're going to jump into. Luke chapter 18, starting in verse 36. It says, as Jesus drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting beside the road begging. And when he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. Jesus of Nazareth is passing by, they told him. Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Okay, first of all, I'm going to just stop there for a second. Because earlier, when somebody had said that, Jesus was born in Nazareth, right? One of the disciples said, can anything good come out of Nazareth, right? Nazareth was not a place that was thought of as a good place. This wasn't a prestigious place, right? It wasn't like Round Rock, right? It wasn't like Pflugerville. Hello. It was just Nazareth, right? Can anything good come out of there? So they tell this guy, Jesus of Nazareth. His response is totally different. His response is not proud and arrogant. His response is not, well, nothing good can come out of there. Nothing good from that. I'm trying to make myself better. This was a desperate person, broken, blind, begging, needed help. And he didn't really care where Jesus came from. He just cared if Jesus cared. He just cared if Jesus would see him, if Jesus could help him, if something had happened in his life. He didn't care about the background or the trappings of it or how it looked to other people. And so it says that he asked, and they said, is Jesus of Nazareth passing by? So he calls out, Jesus Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David. So if you don't know, David that it's talking about here is the David with David and Goliath in the slingshot. You know, long time ago, before Bobby, there was another slingshot guy. His name was David, and he fought Goliath. Now, what was unique about David is that the entire army of Israel had gathered to fight against the Philistines and out comes Goliath, and Goliath is mocking them. He's saying he's going to tear apart their body. He's going to feed it to the birds. He's going to do all these things to them. And David comes out. Now, all the army was there. Guess what they were there with? They were there with their armor and their shields and their strength and their swords and their horses. I mean, all the, all the power and the strength. And yet, Goliath stood against all of their strength, against all of their power, intimidated them. And they wouldn't fight. David comes out, and what was unique about David is that David comes out, and he sees all that, and he just says, you know what, you might come against me with all of your strength, but I come against you in what? Not in strength, but he says, I come against you in the name of the Lord. And so when he's talking about this Jesus, son of David, he's really referencing and talking about Jesus, son of David. In other words, Jesus is from the line of David. He's a son of David. In other words, Jesus is from a line of generation that trusts not in their own strength, but in the strength of God. And so he's calling out, not on the strength of man, he's calling out on the strength of God. And he says, Jesus, son of David, 
Hey, you, the one that still relies on the strength of God, you, the one who goes beyond what's natural and can do spiritual things and spiritual battles, you, the one who has a different way of operating, a different power that can come against the enemy. That's who he's calling out on. And he's just asking for mercy. He's just asking for help. He's just saying, you know, just do something. Help me. He doesn't have anything to offer. He doesn't have a great tithe to give. He doesn't have a bunch of money to do. He can't come serve at the church. He's blind. He's just crying out for mercy. That's it. I got nothing to give. Anybody ever been there before? Lord, I got nothing to give. I just need help. I think we've all been there. If you don't remember being there, man, I pray God will remind you of where you came from. That's how it talks about in Revelation is that the church of Ephesus did everything right, but they lost their first love. The reason they lost their first love is because they forgot where they came from. They forgot all that God had done. Now, when we remember where we came from the right way, we remember the grace and the goodness and the love of God to lift us and to carry us out. We don't remember the pain. Right? Not a lot of moms remember all the the pain of their labor. They remember holding the baby. They remember the life. Right? When we remember being born of God, right? The coming out of the pain and the suffering, right? We really remember the life, the connection that God gave us. And so here he is, and he's calling out for mercy, and he says, says that Jesus stopped and directed the man to be brought to him. And when he had been brought near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do? For you, oh, I skipped one. That's 40. I'm going to go back because this other part's important. Maybe that's a whole other passage. So I'm just going to tell you. I think I forgot to copy it in here. But the crowd in between there, I missed it on the slide. But the crowd in between there in verse 39, they tell him to stop calling out. To stop. They told him to be quiet, to stop. And it says that he just cried out all the more. All the more, he just started crying out. No, I need help. No, I need mercy. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it appears like. I don't care any of that stuff. I just need God to touch my life. Well, a lot of times when we first come to know the Lord, that's how we are, right? We come in, it's like, man, just whatever, whatever I can do to get help. But then as we walked with God a while, it's like, well, I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be uh, fixed now. I'm supposed to be better. I'm supposed to be a... Uh, a Christian, supposed to be a pastor, supposed to be a, a good dad, a good mom. God's supposed to be, everything's supposed to be right. Like, I can't be crying out anymore because that ruins the feel. And yet, he's crying out just for the help of God. And Jesus doesn't tell him to stop. He doesn't tell him to quit. The crowd does. The people do because they're embarrassed. Why? Because they want to try to get favor. With Jesus, like, hey, we're a good town. We're a good place to be. You should stick around here for a while. We're awesome. And yet he's just crying out. He doesn't care about that. So Jesus stops and directs for him to be brought over. And he says, when he had been brought over, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, let me see again. And he asked for sight. He asked something that he could not do. He didn't ask for anything that was within his ability. He didn't ask for anything that was in the ability of the religious leaders. He didn't ask for anything that was in the ability of his family or his spouse or his mom or his dad. He asked for something that really only God could do. There's some things in our lives that really only God can do. 
I sit down and do counseling with people, but you know what? There's things that only God can do. You can pay for therapy, and you can pay for medication, and you can pay for all kinds of stuff. And there's still things that only God can actually make right. There's places that only God can bring peace. There's things to forgive, and you can go through forgiveness exercises, and you can go to retreats and seminars, and you can read books, and you can do all this stuff. And there's certain things that have caused such a hurt, such a brokenness, such a betrayal, such a wound that no matter who you talk to, no matter how much you talk it through, no matter how many times you journal it, no matter what you read or listen to, that only God can actually bring forgiveness and healing there. He's the only one that can touch it. There's addictions that you can go to recovery groups, and we have one Monday night. It's awesome. You should come, but you know what? There's addiction that only God can break. Only he can do that. There's abandonment issues where people have felt abandoned and left alone. And yet only God is the one that can actually, they can get in a whole group of people. They can be at a Christmas party. They can get married and have a family and yet always ache inside thinking at some point all this will evaporate. I'm going to be left alone. Sooner or later, this is going to fall apart. Because even fixing the situation and getting rid of the loneliness and and coming into community and togetherness and having a family doing all the things still doesn't fix what's inside that only God can touch. And that's what he's asking for. He's saying, hey, only you can do this. Now, the Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus doesn't change. It also says that he's no respecter of persons. No matter who you are, he looks at you just like he looked at this man. No matter what you think is broken, no matter what you think is unfixable, if you're grieving and you think I can't get past it, if you have social anxieties and fears and you think I can't get past them, and you have any type of hurt, brokenness, loneliness, discouragement, fear, say, I don't know how to fix this. Maybe your marriage is broken. You've been to all types of counseling or you've read books or you've done this. You've done this. There's nothing that can fix it. Nothing that can change it. He's a God that changes unchangeable things. That's what he does. Our little girl, she's in the kids' class right now, but she tells me good job. She tells me nice, nice work, Dad. Great job. He did it for everything. I can literally be going to the bathroom. (laughs) She can be outside the little door. She hears the toilet flush, and through the door I can hear, nice job, Dad. (laughs) You did it. And I'm like, thank you, I did it. Do you know why? Because for her, that's hard. It's hard. She's still trying to figure it out. She's trying to figure out how to go in a bathroom. Right? It's a challenge just to climb up on a toilet. She's little. And then to try to hold it and to get there, and do, and the whole thing is hard. But for me, it's like, I'm going to the, to the bathroom. <laughs> I mean, come on now. This isn't hard. It's hard. I can do it. Well, some of the things that we think are hard for God, we're just like, oh, okay, God, if you could do this, man, you'd be so awesome. I'd praise you for it. Oh, you're so good. God's like, this stuff's easy. Like, I just do this stuff. I mean, even like, I, you know, I just heal broken hearts. Like, it's just who I am. Like, this isn't even hard. Like, I just do it. Like, I realize you had suffering and abandonment. You know what? I, I restore that. Oh, but it's so hard, Lord. If you know, it's what I do. 
It's easy. Lord, I need provision. Lord, I need help. God, take care of me. Like, because he is the son. He just brings warmth. He, just, he is provision. It's like Cindy said, there's no son because he is the son. He just brings warmth. He just brings light. It's just who he is. He's just there. And there's things that God can do in our life that for us are such a challenge. So hard. We struggle. Just even believing that he can, that he will, that he wants to, that it's possible. Yet for him, it's just, it's easy. It's what he does. Jesus replies, Luke 18, 42, he says, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. What do you mean? His faith has healed you. So the guy did it? Does anybody ever wish you had more faith so that God would do something for you? Like, man, if I had more faith, then God could do it. Like, I know God can do anything, and it's so easy for him, but it requires my faith, and my faith is small, so now guess what? It's back to it's all on me. And i got to figure out how to get stronger faith. i got to figure out how to get better faith. I could take the rest of my life, because I don't have enough faith to get faith. I'm in trouble. If there's another guy in the Bible that cried out, Jesus, I believed, and he said what? Help my unbelief. Which is a clue. But even our faith, even our belief that God can comes from God. Faith is a gift. Every good and perfect gift comes from where? It comes from above. It comes down from the Father of lights. It comes from God himself. He actually gives us the faith to believe. Just like kids. You give them a little bit of money and then you have them buy some Christmas present for you. And they're all excited because they spent so much on you. And you're like, yeah, that's my money. But you give it, and guess what? They just use it back. God gives us faith, and we just use it back. Here's the word faith. This is what it actually means. Persuade, be persuaded properly. It's persuasion to come to trust and to have faith. Now check this part out. Persuasion in who and persuaded by who? That's the question. Because if faith is being persuaded and it's having persuasion, that means there's somebody trying to persuade you to believe something, right? You ever went and got sold something and somebody persuaded you to buy it? Right? They persuaded you to believe in the product. They persuaded you to believe that it was worth the money. They persuaded you to have faith that this is a good deal. I'm making this decision. Well, that's what it's talking about. Faith is this persuasion that you've been persuaded to believe something. It's not just some mythical thing like, oh, faith, I don't know what it is. No. It's a persuasion. It's a belief that something can happen. Well, where does it come from? Who's doing the persuading? Faith is always a gift from God. This comes out of the, out of the Greek definition of the word and just kind of explaining around the, the background of the, in short, faith for the believer is God's divine persuasion. In other words, God is the one doing the persuading. Therefore, it's distinct from human belief and confidence, yet it involves it because God gets our confidence and belief up. Why? By pouring his in and persuading us, helping us to believe. The Lord continuously bursts faith in the yield of believers so that selves to God, and God teaches us, and he speaks faith into us, and he helps us understand faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by what? By the word of God. In other words, faith is a persuasion that we get persuaded in our heart and mind by hearing God. Well, how do we hear him? We hear him through his word, the written word, the logos word, and also through hearing his word by his spirit, right? The rhema word that God actually speaks to us, gives us a word. That God wants to speak to us and bring faith 
And why would we need faith? We would need faith. We need persuasion from God for something because it's not something that we can do on our own. That's the whole point and the purpose of it. And so looking back at this, at this art one more time, we can put it up there, is that there is this pathway that God gives us where he says, you know, I know that you want to worry in your life about fixing all of these other things. But what I want you to do really, is just give me those things. And then leave them. Well, but Lord, will you make them right? But Lord, will you fix them? But Lord, what about justice? But Lord, what about healing? What about... Give them to me. Let me deal with them. Well, then what would I do? Go outside. I made all this. Go enjoy. Go live the life that I have for you. Go experience my joy, my peace. Go. That's God's plan. That's God's purpose for our life. It's not for us to be tangled. He who the sun sets free is what? Free indeed. God doesn't set us free so that we can get far enough away from the problem to be able to look back at the problem and figure the problems all out. He sets us free so that we can go experience what he's called us to do and to live. And that's something that I know if you look at this last year, that there's some goals that you probably had. That man, 2021, I'm doing this. 2021, man, I'm getting in shape like Stosh. Sasha's pant size is shrinking by the day. I could barely keep him up. I had to get a better belt. Stosh is getting more fit, more in shape. Me, I beat my son at basketball again yesterday. I said I wouldn't post a video, but I can talk about it at church. I beat my son at basketball yesterday. But I had goals, things to do. Some of them I accomplished, some of them I failed at. But my biggest blessings of 2021, if I look back, they're not things that I did at all. There's so many things that God did that I wasn't even asking for or that I quit asking for because I didn't know how to do them. I just said, Lord, I don't even know what to do with that. And yet he worked all things together for my good. He wanted to bring them about. I remember being at Alan's wedding and his whole family was here and Kiana's family was here. Right? Something you couldn't do. Because of division, and yet God brought them all together under one roof to celebrate your wedding. There's things that God wants to do in your life that are beyond what you can do. But in order for him to do them well, you got to just give them to him and let go. Not worry about them, not try to fix them, not try to help them. Just give them to him. And on this one last example... Because I have a two-and-a-half-year-old, and she's just full of examples right now. So much easier for me to put her shoes on if she'll just give them to me and let go. So much easier for me to put her diaper on if she'll just stop helping. There's so many things in life that are easier for us to actually get done even for us if we would just let go. And let God do it. So when you make your New Year's resolutions, 
and you think the things that you want to work on and work through, I just challenge you to also maybe make a list of things that you're not going to work on, things that you're not going to do, things that you're just going to write down and say, God, those are yours. So you can have one list that's New Year's resolutions, and you can have one list that's New Year's resolutions. For this whole year, these are yours. I'm not going to touch them. Do what you want. Fix them if you want. Leave them if you want. I don't care. Just, they're yours. And then don't look back at them. Don't try to help with them. Don't try to fix them for the whole year. If you really believe that God is good, if you really believe that he loves you, if you really believe that he's a good, good father, like we sing, if you really believe that he works all things together for your good, if you really believe all the stuff that we talk about, preach about, read about in the Bible, that God is for you, who can be against you, if you believe all this stuff, then just make a list of some of those most troubling, most difficult things in your life. Before you get busy trying to solve and fix a bunch of things for 2022, just write down some things and say, God, these are yours, and I'm not going to look at them again. Key's going through the keyhole. You can have them. I'm going to trust you, just like this guy, to trust God for sight. Say, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Amen. Father, I just thank you for your word today. I pray that you would, Lord, just encourage people, God, in their faith, Lord, to make, Lord, a resolution list. Things to rest, to be still, know that you are God. Lord, that you would be able to uh, take those things from them, give them the faith to believe and to let go, and to let you have those areas of their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Take the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.